0: You believe in something this morning. Why don't you believe in a church? Why don't you believe in the glory of dominion that God gave us the power to build a building on a hill that stands for something in the community? That we're not afraid to stand up for what we believe in and tell the lawmakers and the rulers in this nation and every other nation in the world, Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he's coming back and you better repent of your sins or you're going to answer for them and God cares about this building and he cares about the churches that sprinkle the landscape of this nation. And if you go to Europe today, you'll see cathedral after cathedral that were beautiful, and they're empty. And if we don't get right in this nation, that's going to happen. Look around you at the sloth. Look at the empty pews. Look at the big gaps. They didn't want to hear the truth. Believe in something today.
1: Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the sermon. I went to a church
2: for two years. Listen, after two years of faithfully attending a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I knew about three people. I felt so strange every Sunday. No one would talk to me. Now it might be because I was like the only white guy in the church. (laughs) It was a black church. I loved it. I loved the music. You know, they they invited me to play the trumpet with them in their praise team. I didn't end up actually doing it, but I, I went to rehearsals and they wouldn't even talk to me at rehearsal. I know what it's like to attend a church for a couple of years and feel like nobody even wants to know me. The very idea that anyone would come into this room and sit down in this church and leave feeling like I did grieves me. It just grieves me. I don't want people to act like that. But I'm gonna tell you something. You have the same sin nature those people had. And there's a bunch of you, you're not friendly enough. It's all right for me to say that, I'm a pastor, I get to. Now, I know, I'm going to just say this right now. Some of you are visiting this morning. You're terrified that after this sermon, you're going to to get mauled by like 50 people. Quick, run for the car. They're all coming. Ah!" But seriously, people, come on. And so this whole thing about my personal salvation and my personal prayer life, I got to tell you, we've gone way too far with that stuff. And that culture of personal salvation. That's the culture that doesn't even shake hands with the guest on Sunday, that culture. I don't like it, it's selfishness. And that's what's wrong with the body of Christ. You're getting all this grace. You're getting a pipeline. I'm a real preacher sent, Ephesians chapter four, for the purpose of preaching the gospel and allowing the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, not mine, I'm just the pipe, allowing his grace to come out of my mouth and into the ears of anyone humble enough to receive it. And if you do it, you get grace. I have it and I give it. That's my job and I've been faithful to do my job. But if all you do is capture all this grace and all this knowledge and all this understanding of the Bible and bottle it all up in your little personal salvation with your personal prayer life, then you're, you're hogging it, you're hogging it. Stop being a hog of grace. Somebody say amen. Turn your neighbor and say, you quit being such a hog. Let me tell you about grace. Here's a real simple thing you can do to really, really experience the beautiful grace of God. Take somebody to lunch. Hospitality is not just something you do in the natural. Hospitality is something God thought of. He created it. It was his idea. And your selfish nature, the sinful part of you, will never want to be hospitable. It wants to do what it wants to do. The more grace that you really have that's flowing, the more in love with people you'll become. You know, if I gave in to my personality, I'm very choleric. I don't need lots of friends naturally. I don't need it. Don't even really want it. You know, my wife and I are very, very different. We talked about what kind of house do we we want to have, and and it's a partnership, so I had to make compromises for her. You know what I want? You know what I really want? You know where I really want to live? This is how I described it to my wife. I kid you not, and I mean it. I'm not making it up. I want to live so far away from people, way out in the woods, that I can walk out of my front door, go to the long, long end of a driveway, and get the mail in my underwear and no one will ever know if I had a house where I could walk in my underwear all the way to the mailbox and come back with not even the slightest worry that anything beyond blackbirds and crows who could see it that would be ideal for me and it's not ideal for my wife she wants to live as close Von Marr as possible and TJ Maxx that would be her dream home and she'd be in there every day all day long children be neglected no food I would raise the children all alone by myself while she stared at the same dress rack day after day after day so we made a compromise and someday I'm still going to buy a cabin and I it is my goal I'm going to have a cabin somewhere. I don't care if it's made out of logs. And I am going to walk around outdoors in broad daylight in my underpants. And then I'm going to know my dream has come true. (laughs) Because there's no people. But I'll tell you something else. That's my personality. That's just, just my flesh. If I just gave in to my flesh and that's all that I did, that's how I would behave. But I met Jesus. I met Jesus. And that changed everything. Only he could interrupt my personality enough to really want to be with people, and I do. I love people, I wanna be with them, I care about them, I didn't used to. Before Jesus fixed me, I didn't want to be around any people, I didn't care about anybody. And what I'm saying is this, if you're using your personality as an excuse for why you won't cooperate with God's grace, you are carnal and you are in sin. What is the point of knowing Jesus but if not to change the part of you that's not right? And let me just tell you something. The part of you that doesn't like people, that doesn't trust people, that doesn't want to be around people, that's the part of you that's broken. That's the part of you that's not right. And you've got to let Jesus fix it because he's perfect and he doesn't want you to stay in the bondage of your personality's imperfections. Doesn't hurt every once in a while to go sit down at a table and just talk to people, be nice, shake their hand. I'm telling you, there's something supernatural that goes on in simple things, simple. There's something beautiful about people caring about one another. John chapter one, verse 16. Now back up, verse 14. Now, verse 11, everything I've just said. Now watch this, verse 11. Jesus came unto his own And his own received him not. I want you to think about that. And you're going to find something about this Jesus that wasn't received, that nobody would shake his hand, that nobody would talk to him, that they wanted him to go away. I want you to think about it. Because he was unique. But as many as did receive him, to them he gave prerogative to be the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which are born not only of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of a man, but of God. And that word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw the glory thereof, as the glory of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, that's what I wanted you to see. And I wanted you to see that there is a blood by which a human is born, but there is a blood by which a spiritual person is born. So it was not just the significance of Christ's physical blood that made him being born here so magnificent. It was the significance that he was full of something called grace, which, if I may say it this way, is spiritual blood to the body of Christ he was about to make and have created through intimacy with the Father. But when he got here full of grace, which flows sideways, nobody would receive it. He came willing to give it, and it seemed that nobody wanted it. What did they do to him? They killed him. That's how much people want the grace of God. They had the fullness of grace in human form and they murdered it. So you realize there's always an element of people, no matter how much grace is flowing, no matter how vibrant the life of God is, they don't want it. And John bear witness of him, verse 15, and cried saying, This was he of whom I said, He that cometh after me was before me, For he was better than I, and of his fullness have we all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came, if I may insert the word, in fullness by Jesus Christ. So when you read the context, you stop the Marcionite interpretation that says, well, there was no grace and no truth until Jesus. That's not what the verse is saying. In fact, the opposite is the case. If the word, we said this last week, the Torah, the Old Testament, was made flesh and dwelt among us in the fullness of grace and truth, that means that all the grace and all the truth of the Torah, of the word of God, of the Old Testament, was exploding onto the scene of history through the life and the preaching of one man. That's what they're saying. And so there's grace coming out of this book. There's grace in the Old Testament. There's grace in the New Testament. But you need to have that fresh beating of the heart of God on a regular interval. It beats and the preacher speaks. It beats and the preacher speaks. It beats and the preacher speaks. And they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how shall they call upon whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe upon whom they have not heard? And how shall this, Romans 10? And how shall they hear except they hear a preacher? And how shall there be a preacher unless he be sent? And so the artery of God, the pipeline of grace, is every seven days, the heart beats, and the blood of Christ flows through the mouth of the preacher and into your ears, and you believe and you call on the principles of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that saving beauty of grace is happening all the time. You came alive when you were born. But how many of you understand when you were born physically, you weren't stillborn. Stillborn is the baby comes out and the heart's not beating. So it's one thing to get life given to you. It's entirely another thing to stay alive. Listen to me, you're born again by grace. You stay alive by the heartbeat of God. Man does not live by bread, but by the words, beat, 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 that proceed, that literally means ongoing, ongoing words, 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 out of the mouth of God. Every Sunday when we come into the house of God and we sit down, we sing songs in unity and grace is flowing. It's repairing the saints. And now we'll close with Hebrews chapter 4 touched on this last week go straight to verse 16 because many times it is illustrated by the teachers today in the modern church and they mean well to say you know God is so wonderful I mean think of the palaces of history and the the great kings that have sat upon their thrones no mere peasant could just come boldly walking into that throne room but our God is so gentle and so loving that anybody off the street can just kick the doors open and just, he's so full of love, we just come waltzing in and say, God, I need you, and it's perfectly fine. And we've heard these illustrations time and time and time again. And, that's, and it's really true of his love and, and his feelings for people. Unfortunately, that's not what this verse is saying. In fact, the very opposite is being said. But I want you to go straight to verse 16. We'll get right to this is where you've heard this Over and over and over And then I'm going to back you up and show you Actually you don't get to do that Verse 16 Let us therefore go boldly Under the throne of grace That we may receive mercy And find grace to help in time of need Something gets bruised You get cut You get beat up You sprain an ankle You bust your knee All these different things we do to ourselves In different ways What is necessary for it to heal? Blood flow Knees, I had knee problems one time. Shoulders, ligaments. The doctors will tell you that the blood doesn't flow there very, very well. And so for that reason, when you injure one of these ligaments or your knee, it takes a long time to heal. So they've come up with a way to increase blood flow. And that is, you put hot on there, you switch it out, you put cold on there. And the temperature shifts stimulate the veins in your body. And all of a sudden the brain says, well, need more blood right there. And the blood comes flying into this area that's injured and it speeds up the healing process. And so what you have here is someone who is in a time of need. I would say they're injured There's an injured person in the body of Christ, and they need the blood of Christ. They need the grace of God now because they need it. It, it, They're hurting. They got to get fixed. And so most of the preachers tell you just kick the doors, just run in there, and you just demand it. Just give it to me. I need it. Like God is an emergency room doctor or something. But that's really not what this verse is saying at all. Is go back to verse 11. There's protocol. And as it makes perfect sense to say, you just couldn't do this with any kingdom that's ever been on the earth. You really can't do it with God. You're not able to just kick the doors open and go running into God and say, all right, you, you got to fix this now. You're like an insurance policy. I don't go to church, but now I'm in danger. And I need you to listen. If you don't listen, I'm going to get mad and really not go to church even more. This is how people treat God. You can't do that. That's not how this works. We don't treat God like he's an 800 number. He's not the fire department. We don't just go call him up and come fix. I just blew my house up and you have to fix this. Why does he have, you blew it up. Why does he have to fix? He's not the fire department. We treat God like he's, like he's our servant.
1: You're listening to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Don't miss the conclusion of this sermon after these messages. Hello everyone, it's
2: Pastor Kerry. You know, I remember a pivotal moment in American history and I sat and I watched this drama unfold in Florida concerning Terry Shivo, who was this woman, she had gone on an extreme diet to lose weight and had lost consciousness. And the next thing you know, a few years later, they're literally euthanizing her in a nursing home. I was horrified when I watched that happen, and it set me into a journey to discover and answer some questions that are very important, especially in the field of the political world. Should Christians, for example, simply submit to the possible consequences of decisions, or should they make decisions exclusively based upon the Word of God? Now, that sounds simple to ask that question, and people flippantly answer it, but you'll find that the answer is very clear in the Bible, and it's also very troubling to modern Christians. Very few Christians truly live out the correct answer to that question. Well, I've put together a cartoon series. It's a whiteboard project where I teach you through some steps of logic, and then had an artist in the church draw out the illustrations of what I'm trying to convey, It's really a remarkable thing and it's free. All you have to do is go to the website to enjoy it and I'll take you down the road of the journey I went on long ago, answering that important question. Should Christians make decisions in life based exclusively on what God's word says or should they bow down to the threat of consequences? Because you realize sometimes when you make right decisions, there are very painful consequences. And here's where you need to go. I'll give you the website twice. Steps That's steps Please enjoy the presentation. It could really change your life. Thank you for listening and God bless.
1: to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa. Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com. Thank you for tuning in.
2: Verse 11, let us study therefore to enter into the rest, lest any man fall after the same example of disobedience. So if you're not studying, if you have no interest, you want the grace to fix your boo-boo, But you really don't want to go to where the grace comes from Which is here And you're not studying That's disobedience Sometimes children hurt themselves because they disobeyed We've had that happen in our house Don't jump on the couch She did it anyway She missed on one of the jumps And boom, her head right on the edge of the coffee table And I almost go home to be with Jesus Because of the blood coming out all over her It just absolutely traumatizes you as a parent Oh my goodness, a head wound Well, her disobedience caused the bleeding head. And adults do that with God all the time. You busted your knee because you didn't obey. And had you studied, you wouldn't have behaved that way, wouldn't have hurt yourself in the first place. So God says very reasonably, I know you need this healing in your life, but let's get back to the cause of it. Step one for getting into the throne room to get the grace you need in time of need, study this. This is not studying this is disobedience. Disobedience is why you get in a mess. So let's get to the root of the problem. What injured you first was that you didn't do this, right? So study, verse 11. This is how we get to the throne. We don't just kick the doors open and say, God, you're the fire department. I blew my house up. You got to fix it. And if you don't, then you're not answering prayers. And I'm mad. For the word of God is lively, filled with life, and mighty in operation. There's times in your life you need God mighty in operation. You want, if God sends an angel to help you, you don't want it to be a naked Cupid baby. He, with a, you want one of the big angels with a sword. I don't want little naked baby angels. I need God that's mighty in operation, not he. By the way, that's not biblical. There are no naked baby angels flying around with making people get crushes on one another. Every angel in the Bible is a male, first of all. There is no record in the scripture of a female angel. They're all men and they're tough. The word of God is lively and mighty in operation, sharper than any two-edged sword and entereth through. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is what God is doing when you hear the preaching of the word. That sword is cutting into you and showing you which thoughts and motives in your heart are right and wrong. That's what this verse is teaching you. So you're gonna get aggravated. If it's right preaching and you're hearing the Bible and it's God's word, it's getting in there right now going, and see, you've been acting this way and you've been thinking, like, and that's wrong. And so you're either gonna say, that hurt me. You poked me through with a knife. Or you're gonna say, I want that out. So I'm gonna welcome the pain of the surgeon to cut that out of my system. I don't want it in there. And you either get mad because you got poked Or you're happy you got poked Because you want the problem fixed Humility So it's sharper You're listening to it And it's sharp It pokes you It's sharper than any sword So if you think it would hurt To get hit by a sword To get stabbed through the sword This is what the writer's telling you God's word is sharper than that It's really sharp And it'll go right through you And it'll divide your thoughts up All the thoughts on this side Are crapola All the thoughts on this side are right, they're right. God approves these thoughts, these thoughts, get it out of your life. This is what he's saying. Have you ever heard anybody tell you this? This is important, you gotta understand it. This is how this works, you wanna get into the throne of grace to fix your injuries, I'm telling you how this works. Study, so when the preacher gets up on Sunday and he says, I'm sent, I'm sent, I'm telling you what God says, because you've studied, even though it hurts, And you don't really like the the feeling you're getting, oh, oh, you just told me that I don't behave right. You told me I have to come to church. You're legalistic. You're legalistic. (laughs) No, you need to grow up. Take off your spiritual diapers and go to church. Stings when you hear it, doesn't it? God agrees with me. And he's saying, if you study, you're going to know, even though it hurts, the repairing of the saints is going on and I got problems and I need it out. I need it out. so bring it on preacher. Just tell me Just tell me to take off my diapers. I don't mind. I I don't like pooping myself Just tell me to take them off who gets grace the humble humble people can take a poke from a sword You want to know why people don't have grace? This is it. You can't get it If you don't get this you don't get grace. I got to tell you. I'm really happy that my role in this is not slathering on butter. I'm not here to butter your rolls. (laughs) Can you say amen? I'm not here to pet you on the head like you're some kind of little pet goat. That's not what this is about. This is about get the crud out of your life. The word of God is lively, mighty, and operation, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it entereth through, even unto the dividing asunder of your soul and your spirit and of the joints And of the marrow, it will cut you to the bone. And it is a discerner of your thoughts and the motives inside your heart where nobody can see but God. And the preacher is anointed to mess with you. Neither is there any creature which is not manifest in his sight. But all things to him are naked. You got no secrets when the word is preached. You got no secrets. The Holy Ghost with the grace in the room will cut right through all your garbage and go "Eh." Verse 14, seeing then that we have this kind of high priest sitting in heaven who has sent preachers and who has given us his written word. Even Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our profession For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He knows it hurts to surgically remove your trouble, but he knows you will be better for it if you will endure the removal of what is wrong. But was in all things tempted in like sort, yet without sin. Let us therefore, let us therefore, having gone through these steps, go boldly. In other words, he's a high priest. The priesthood has been transitioned to heaven. He is acting in the capacity as your high priest. So the way to get to the high priest, just like in the old Testament is through the lower priesthood. And that happens at church. The preacher in this context is a priest before God. So you understand why Catholics use the term priest. So in that sense, I am a priest, but he's the high priest. The preacher is the priest. Jesus Christ is standing in heaven The high priest, and he is interested in fixing you. Here's how you get there. Study his word. Listen to the preaching. Let God show you what's wrong. And then by your humility, you gain access. Not arrogantly kicking open the doors of grace in the throne. You come in through humility. And God himself will repair you. He'll repair you physically if you're sick in your body. He'll heal you of your diseases. And he will also, more important than that, he'll fix the part of you that determines your eternal state and that's the part no one can see. It's down in your heart where your motives happen and nobody in this room knows that but Jesus Christ. But when the word is preached and grace is flowing and the anointing is here, it will show you what you must do to correct yourself. Can you say amen?
1: This has been Beyond the Walls with Pastor Kerry Gordon of Cornerstone World Outreach in Sioux City, Iowa.
0: God Himself blew on history so that there would be a light.
1: Check out our website at beyondthewallsradio.com
0: Extra
1: Ecclesium Nulla
2: Salis There is no salvation outside of the church.